Every speech is different, obviously, but there are some things that make one speech rather like the next. And in this episode, you're going to hear me talking to someone who is planning a speech. And I'm incredibly grateful to have permission to use the whole conversation in which this person, whose name I'm not going to share, went through the process of working out what she wants to say in a speech which happens to be at a wedding as maid of honour. But I'm sure that if you're planning a speech of your own, you will be able to take various things from it, even if you're doing a completely different kind of speech. Hello, you're listening to An Adequate Podcast by me, John Paul Flintoff. It's about creative self-expression through writing, drawing and speaking. And it's adequate because I can't do perfect. I'm giving a speech in August for my best friend at her wedding. I really like writing. I really like talking. I think I could probably give a good speech. I've never given a speech to a big amount of people. And sometimes when I do, I can hear words coming out of my mouth, but I can't link it up with my brain. So I think what I want to happen in August is to have got over that little bump and be confident enough with what I'm saying that I can give a good performance. Right. What? Uh, that's great. Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> that's my speech and it's in a nutshell. So you pretty well, it sounds like you pretty well are okay on what you're going to write and what you're going to say, probably. Probably. I think I'm a bit worried about... Um, everybody wanting like big funny stories and me not being able to deliver on that. Okay. Well, um, so did you do this exercise about what your purpose is? Yes. And then I left the last bit, which was the most crucial bit. That what, the, what is your content stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did some ideas pop into your head? Uh, they did. I think ultimately what you were saying about, um, basically trying to be as authentic as possible and not trying to be somebody else has been the most useful thing that I was right. I've got from it yeah because I think part of me thinks that I need to make it like a TED talk and right make it something that perhaps it doesn't need to be no what do you want the, your friend to get from it my friend who's the bride yeah um, I want her to get the attention that she wants because they're a big, loud couple and they want everybody to be celebrating in their relationship and the uniqueness of their relationship. How do you convey that in a story? I think trying to make it I think that's the bit that I'm worried about. They, I think they kind of want me to be bringing up some like, not not rude stories, but maybe slightly risque stories to show that they're fun. Oh, that's a cat in the background. Right. You can put that in the book. Okay. Um, I think they want me to be bringing out stories to make them seem really fun. Do you um, know that or you're just guessing? I know that because they kind of tease me about it. Right. Um, and say, oh, you know, you can say this, that and the other, put it in the speech. Um, but that makes me feel nervous because it feels maybe a bit forced and unnatural. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think. Give me one example of an ooh thing. Oh, what of a story from them? Oh, probably something like. I mean, the only things I can think of are honestly so rude that I can't say them in front of his parents. So you can say that. Oh, okay, great, <laughs> cool. Then you're being honest and you're tantalising the audience with this fact and you're telling the audience about them and you're saying they wanted me to say stories yeah. which are really um, like blah, blah, blah. But I, the only things I can think of are so rude I couldn't say it in front of your parents. Oh, yeah. Gold dust. Um, oh, I guess you're recording this as well, but I'm going to write it in my notebook. Yes. Yeah. So rude. I'll send you the audio, no problem. Thank you. Um, okay, that's... Oh, that's really clever. If you think about it like the Dance of the Seven Veils, you don't have to take off all the veils. You just have to tell people that there are seven veils. Okay, I like it. That's, I think, yeah, the content, I think the other thing that I'm also aware of is not wanting to stand up for too long and bore people. Right. Um, and I don't want to overlap with the father of the bride speech. And he's already messaged me saying, Flora, can you give some stories? And I'm thinking... Give him some I'm stories. So yeah, he, give him... Right. Yeah. Um, so I need to be a bit careful that we're not just standing up and coming up with the same content because I think in terms of capturing the audience how will you do that how will you make sure I think probably I'll give him a phone call and say what are you focusing on great because um like we don't want to both be telling the same stories because that is that would be embarrassing yeah good okay that's that's clear and and are there some stories you can give him that sort of fit nicely in a kind of father of the bride type speech um, yeah I guess there probably are because I've I know one of the questions that I really liked that you asked um was about kind of the context and the audience and it really and where we are and I think that really helps because I know the family extremely well and that's always useful because there's so much more to play on in terms of family dynamics Great. and a little bit of prodding um, in that direction as well. Brilliant. That's good to know. You um, mean in the form when I, when I sent you that form? That, yeah. Okay, good. That's good to know. Um, so you've got some ideas and they might be things that you'll give to him and then you just don't do those. Yeah. You can do other ones. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. What? What um, we were talking earlier about the, the kind of the ooh and how you can deal with some of those, but you could go mm -hmm. further with some and, and not with others. Or you could say a little bit more. You could say, I, I mean, I have no idea what these stories are that you're thinking of, but you could say I, I, there, there was that story about, you know, the thing that happened in the bathroom, but I'm not going to do that. So you could yeah. just give little glimpses of the things that you're not telling anyone. Yes, that's great. Do you think that counts as like um, an in-joke? Because that's another thing that I want to be really careful of, that that's the direction that I know the bride and groom want to go in, but I feel like that is not 
a sensible one at all. How do you tell that joke to someone who's travelled from, um, I don't know. America. Yeah. Because we've got, there are lots of Americans coming. So say that to me now, as if you're thinking about me as one of those Americans. Just tell me that stuff. As in, pretend to tell you the story. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't try and do it well. Just kind of roughly say what sort of... Th- how you would pitch that for it not to be an in-joke is to talk to those people at the far table who are from America. Um, I think I would do it in a very self-referential way and say, um, oh, there's nothing worse than hearing stories when you haven't been there and you don't know what the punchline is, but let me tell you X, Y, and Z, this happened and so-and-so got, egg on their face I mean not but like that kind set up maybe a bit like that yeah what if you actually address some of the so you're sort of calling you're putting the spotlight on them you can say now some of you have come from America and 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 for for you I feel like I need to explain something okay yeah so you're explicitly acknowledging them before doing an in-joke yeah, that's so you're setting it up so that the in-joke will make sense to everyone who is in, but you're not leaving anyone out. Yeah. Can you, it's, it's so funny. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure you can tell. But yeah. um, just the idea of standing up and looking at the audience does give me the willies. What do you do <laughs> about that? that what, what do you think makes you worry about that? Um, I think it's just the unnatural feeling of everybody in a room looking at you. Yeah. Um, and feeling self-conscious. Yeah. More actually in terms of like appearance almost rather than what I'm actually going to say. Like I don't think I will embarrass myself from the speech. Yeah. But the idea of standing there and thinking that I don't know, just like weird intrusive thoughts, like I need to blow my nose, I've got food in my teeth, Um, I've gone bright red, I've got sweat patches. Those sorts of things make me feel more nervous than actually giving the speech itself. Okay, good. Do you know what you can do about that? Maybe that's a whole other book. (laughs) No, I Um, think that's part of what this is. So first of all, that is going to happen. You're going to have those thoughts. Secondly, as soon as you notice yourself thinking about you, think about them. You're there to serve. Yep. Forget your sweat. Who cares? You're here to make them look good. Yeah. As soon as you start thinking about yourself, whether you think you're doing really well or you're not doing really well, you're right. You're not doing very well. Yeah. You're not doing well if you think you're doing well. Yeah. Because you think you're doing well. So stop thinking about you. Catch yourself notice oh i'm feeling or just talk about yourself in the third person oh she's feeling a bit weird about sweat patches or food <laughs> in teeth but actually she's here to surf so yeah she's get on with that yeah. yeah yeah no that's completely i think um i think the other side of it is and this is again not even um speech related but it's the run-up to the speech and the fact that if people know you're giving a speech and you've got the whole reception and the travel and the dinner, it's 
it's like there's like the big crescendo towards the big moment and then then you then like technically I can relax but I want to be able to relax before as well because I've seen people at weddings and they can hardly look up because they're so nervous and I want to be able to enjoy the day which is again selfish of me but so there's a there's a thing this this idea about watching yourself is a very useful device because you can just watch yourself and go gosh I'm I can see that she's feeling a little bit preoccupied about the speech but she's going to enjoy the meal anyway so stepping out a little bit otherwise you're so in it that anxiety that you really really can't but there's no point pretending that you're not going to be nervous because you probably will be in a slightly heightened state until you've delivered your speech there's just no point pretending that you're going to be as relaxed as you would normally be because that probably wouldn't be good for the speech so if yeah. you accept that and you go, oh, yeah, well, it's all going according to plan. I'm feeling a bit nervous. Oh, good. That's all right. Okay, cool. I really, really liked what you said in the book, by the way, about um, people training to give speeches so that they all sound like one another. That really resonated with me because it's absolutely unbearable when you hear people who sound exactly like other people and their intonation goes in the same way and you just think I've stopped concentrating and I'm thinking about your shiny suit yeah um so that was something that really gave me a boost of confidence in terms of thinking maybe I trip over some words maybe I forget a little bit maybe I go back maybe I have to clear my throat that's all totally fine and people want you to do the best that you can do yeah you've got a lot of goodwill in yeah. this room on this occasion because every if, even if people don't really care about you they want the day to be good for for the bride and the groom so they want you yeah. to do well for them so even if you don't think that they really want you personally to do brilliantly mm. they do want the speech to be a success yeah it's all about your speech it's not about you is that bad no it's just a sudden like I'm gonna have to I just need to make sure I write it well and that it's not garbled and all over the place I can hear a certain amount of pressure you're putting on yourself there Mm. I really recommend aim for average okay don't aim for doing it well because then you'll just be torturing yourself Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, aim for average. Okay, I like that. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm expecting this to go, like, through the stratosphere. That's quite a a high level of expectation. It is. Okay. I'm feeling quite tense even just thinking about it on your behalf. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe I need to, uh, yeah, maybe I just need to calm down about it. A bit. You're making me feel calmer about it, actually. Good. Well, it's just a nice thing to do for people. It is. It's a wonderful gift that you've been given to give back to them. Like, yeah. wow, what a great thing. I've got this thing. I'm going to give it to them and then they're going to have a great day. And if they don't, it's not all your fault or your business. You do yeah. your best. Yeah. It's not my thing. No. Yeah. Okay. That's so true. Um, I think 
I think the expectation I'm putting on myself is also an expectation from other people's kind encouragement. You know, even when people say, oh, that you're going to nail that speech. Suddenly you're like, you yeah. hear the stratosphere calling. Yeah, it's it's a really good idea to try not to be, it's in, almost impossible, but to try not to be attached to either the compliments or the negative comments. It's like, yeah, that's all them. That's nothing to do with me. Yeah. If people tell you afterwards how brilliant it was, smile and say thank you, but don't take it too seriously. Okay. You'll just raise the pressure on yourself next time. You will yeah. have to make another speech. You don't want to go around telling yourself that you're a brilliant speech maker because then you'll just have a big burden of expectations to live up to. So just yeah. go, yeah, I did deliver a speech and it seemed to be all right. I do want to do more public speaking, so maybe this is a good first step. Very good first step. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on, like, speech length and that kind of thing? The most important thing is to do slightly less than you're asked to do. So ask them how long they want. Um, you do not want to make people wish there was less. Yeah. Yes. They, when they first asked me to do it, I said, great, I'll make sure it's not too long. And they said, everybody loves a long speech. Everybody will, everybody loves the speech is the most funny bit, you know. And I was thinking, oh, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> they... So are in love with their special occasion, they're in love with you, they want you to do the speech, they think you're brilliant and they want loads of everything, but actually they'll thank you for not making it very long. Yep, yep. Because this is also the day in which they want to do an awful lot of other things and they probably were so full of enthusiasm and excitement about asking you that they said that and actually they might already have thought, oh no, why did we say that? So I think yep. you could say to them, specifically how many minutes would you like yeah i've actually just seen that whilst we've been talking my friends replied because i asked her about length it will be after the main course before pudding okay so is that just you or is that also is that all the speeches i think so okay so let's just say for the sake of argument, yours were 15 minutes and then theirs were 15 minutes. You've got a long wait for pudding. Yeah. So I think between you, you should have a little discussion about how long you're aiming to do. Yes, I agree. Okay. Because it's three speeches. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That eaten mess isn't going to eat itself. No, <laughs> it'll just be an uneaten mess. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I should put that in the speech, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. it's all yours. I'll, I'll trademark you, don't worry. Okay, no, you, it's all yours. That's really helpful. Great. Um, this has already made me feel a lot more excited about it. Good. You should be excited. It will be great, and it will be the first of many speeches that you do, and it's, it's all good practice. Yeah, I agree. What do you think uh, in terms of writing the speech um do you like I guess it comes down to the individual but in terms of learning it off by heart or holding notes that sort of thing any advice in that area I would if I were you 
from what I know of you at this point, which is not very much, it's just what we've talked about, I would aim to learn it off by heart and then take some little, you know, A6 cards that you can just flick through. So you, you've got a guide rope. You don't have to use it because if you're really confident, you won't need it. Yeah. And if you feel like doing it without those cards, that's absolutely great. That's fine. But you may just feel like you want to be holding them, even if you never look at them. It's like my drama scholarship all over again. Yeah. I'm like the failed actress that never made it. So it's, um, uh, if, if you would like to see it that way, I think that might be a little bit of a burden to think of it that way. But yeah, <laughs> I think you, you have a big head start on most people giving a speech if you've done any of that acting training. So that's good. So maybe maybe learn it off by heart. I would definitely say it into your phone and listen to it a number of times. You'll yeah. hear the difference in the intonation, the, the speed. You could you could say it a few times and put it on repeat. You know, when you're walking around or driving or something, just keep listening to it, and you'll just you'll just it'll go into your bones. Okay, and so if the wedding's in at the end of August, I should start trying to write it probably in the next month or so that is a very personal thing i i quite like being quite last minute because i might like to stick in something that's some topical reference or something i might but it, it's really up to you if you feel more confident because you've done it well in advance you don't need you've got a short speech you don't need to make even one short reference to topical events it takes up a few seconds so do what feels right for you do it in advance and you can always change it Big shout out to Dominic Cummings this week. Yeah. You know, something like that. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to mention but him. Whatever, so. it, whatever it is in that week, it may be it's just rained a lot or just some tiny little thing that says, I do have a prepared speech, but actually I am a human being and I'm alive today in this room and I've noticed something. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Amazing. That's really helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to an adequate podcast with me, John Paul Flintoff. If you want to hear more episodes on this theme of self-expression, please subscribe. I'm very keen to make this podcast interactive. Send me a comment or a question and I'll try to build it into an upcoming episode. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.